The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Got any money left in your pocket? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I, did, you, did you walk out with some? Oh, yeah. Vegas didn't well, get you? No, I, I... You know, not counting my future bets right, for stuff that hasn't can, happened. Right. I basically came home even. Hey, any, Which is, you know, you spend two days, you gamble on about 25 college Vegas, basketball games, and you come home even? Vegas doesn't get built, built when people get no, even. No, I was even actually like, I don't know, I think I left maybe... 50 bucks ahead on slots, too. I okay, mean, I, that's you know. All right, it's the intentional foul. Dan is back from Vegas. Stuff keeps happening with college hoops. The Bucks are headed to the playoffs. Trying to lock down that one seed. You got your shot of Purell there. I that's did. Good. I'm all good to go. Um, all lubed up. <laughs> we'll do a couple of NFL notes to start off with, and then we'll end with... I think the day that you and I have been looking forward to for a while, yeah, and that yeah. is opening day, which is Thursday against the Cardinals. I have a little bit of a of a beef with it, but uh, I'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get there. I like that. Good, tough April coming up for for the crew as far mm-hmm. as schedule wise. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It is uh, the intentional follow. You can subscribe wherever podcasts are found. As we dive right in uh, to the NFL, couple of retirements. Uh, in the last few days, one just happened uh, late this morning, and that figures every time I leave the building and take care of everything for the afternoon, something happens because I I don't think I was even home yet, and I read on Twitter that Jordy Nelson retired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of surprising to me because from what I read, and I haven't read anything because I've been busy all day doing stuff, family, did a ball game and whatever, the the one thing I did read this morning via tweet was that several teams were interested, made contract offers, he passed all his physicals, and then he retired. Yeah, what it tells me is that the Packers told him they didn't have a spot for him. That's pretty much what it tells me. You because, think that he would have come back yes. to Green Bay yes. for yes. the money and a spot? Well, you know, I, I, I think yeah. he left. he left for that year. And went and played somewhere else, like, and, and it was a dumpster fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a it was, it was the a dumpster big fire. City yes, and it, you know. And I think he probably looked at Green Bay like, man, I don't need football anymore. I'm I'm in my 30s. I made a bunch of money. Um, I won a Super Bowl. Um, if I'm going to keep playing, I want to be comfortable sure. and I want to play what I know yep. and play with my friend Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, I mean, can't blame him. I no, guess. and. Uh, you know, I I guess you, you know you can't really blame the Packers either if they think that you know what look we appreciate everything you're gonna go in our yeah. Hall of Fame you're you know we're gonna trot you out for all the you know all the stuff that we do you're always a Packer but halftime time, time on the field is done yeah that's I mean uh, I got a text today is he a Hall of Famer I don't think he's a no. Hall of Famer no no um, Packers Hall of Famer oh sure yeah. Sure. I mean, they're I not mean, gonna, Don Mikowski, I think, is in the Packer Hall of Fame. Right. So. I mean, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to retire his number. No. Or do no. anything like that. But he's, I mean, he's you know he's probably top five receiver they've ever had. Yeah. But like, but I don't at think the, he's at the bottom of the five, not yeah. the top. He he's just to be a fan favorite. Sure. I mean, people like him. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, the women like him. Good guy, kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Just, just went played out football. there, performed. Yeah. Got a little, you know, got a little banged up here and there. Was was tough being available, but um, overall a very reliable guy who could make big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, him and Rodgers kind of had that, you know, when you when you when you're friends with the quarterback and you play with each other that long, you kind of almost have like an unspoken language, yeah. and, and it you could see that play out on the field a lot with. You know certain certain routes that he would break off at the right time, and they'd throw deep, and he'd score a touchdown. So, um, yeah, I'm sure Packer fans. I'm sure you guys missed him last year. And, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure there'll Couple be many that'll be disappointed Nobody. that he's not back this year. Uh, it's not. I mean, okay. I know a lot of people walking around with Jordy Nelson jerseys. Oh, there's a ton. You know, a lot of them. There's a ton. Um, I think. I don't. Wouldn't you? Would you say? Of of the post Favre era, he's probably the second favorite Packer behind. I mean, Rogers, him, and Woodson would probably be the three, right? Yeah, I I can't really think of anybody else that Clay, really resonates. Maybe, yeah, maybe Matthews is up there. Yeah, but otherwise there haven't been a lot of. And it's weird because he he's a polarizing player without being polarizing. Who's that? Jordy? Jordy. Okay. Like, because he th- there's no personality, really. Oh, there's sure, no sure. big attitude. There's no flashy, flamboyant sort of stuff. Just far boy from uh, Kansas. But he moves the needle sure. as far as Packer fans go. Right. You could, like, they're just in love with him because he catches touchdowns and he makes plays. Sports fans in this state, we we love old reliable. That That's yeah. a, that, for all the teams in the state. They love the old reliable guy that sticks around because we all in this state, we for all of our sports teams, we all have inferiority complexes because they're all little markets. You know, so when you get a good player like that 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 sticks around and produces over a long period of time, you know, you're gonna get that kind of love. You would think that there would be some room for a veteran guy to come in with a bunch of second year receivers. Yeah. That they all want to keep. Yeah. But when you look at the receiving crew that that Rodgers likes, and I'm putting that in air quotes, he really likes Geronimo Allison, he really likes Devontae Adams, and he's he's your guy now. Cobb's gone. You got your three others. He likes Kumaro, and you have to keep Trevor Davis because you need a return guy. So how many receivers do you keep? Do you kick one of those guys to the curb to keep Nelson for a year, well, even yeah, if he can't right. be on the field? I mean, that's why you're getting rid of Cobb, essentially. Well, and- even though they made that mistake... A couple of years ago, signing Cobb and not signing Nelson. Sure, sure. Well, and and you you know, the good teams you can't build your roster based off of sentimentality. No, but at the same time, you know, as an organization, you can you can want to do right by a guy. Don't and, disagree. And, and I think you know, could they have brought him back? Sure, um, but do you want to bring him back and then cut him in week five? Who, there's no benefit and then who's to that gonna for be anybody. Do you park one of these rookies on the practice squad and say, right. listen, this is what's going to happen probably, so just hang tight. And, I mean, you're not doing a very big service to a guy you drafted two years ago and now you want to develop, and you're just going to say, take a hike for five weeks until mm-hmm. this guy gets hurt or we really need somebody else. I mean, you can't that, – that, that's not the way you build. Right. It, it, it just doesn't work. Would I like to have seen him back? Sure, could he have taught those guys some things? I guess. I don't know how valuable that is. Yeah. But I don't know where you make room for that while you're trying to move forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. uh, Gronkowski, wouldn't it be nice to retire in your 20s? (laughs) Yeah. 29 years old. I'm done. 
Still holds records and for tight ends. And be dating a swimsuit model Well, there's also. that too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, Rough. he's Gronkowski retired. I mean, it's many injuries. I mean, he's basically playing with a bionic arm. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yeah. so I, I mean, mean uh, cut the, your losses, I guess. Take the money. The rule changes of uh, with all the concussion stuff of being able to hit high really shortened his career um, because everybody had to go low. Yeah, you know, everybody started taking out his legs, and you know, he had those knee injuries. I mean, he was running around. He had that giant brace yep. on. He, he looked like RoboCop the last couple of years trying to run down the field. But he still could do stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. Well, the the you know a lot. A lot of the talk this week is where does he fit into right. history, and is he the greatest tight end of all time? And I, I guess you, to to me, it would probably be between him and Tony Gonzalez. Um, you know, I think Gronk was a more dynamic, big play guy, and probably a better blocker. Gonzalez just. Uh, going back to the Jordy Nelson thing was just steady Eddie for fifteen years. Yep. Catching seventy to ninety balls, thousand yards, ten touchdowns. I mean, you could just book it. So, I don't know. I guess if you're a longevity guy, you might lead toward Gonzalez. You know, if you're about the, the prime of a player, you probably go Gronk. No, I'm. And there was an article I saw today that I didn't read because I don't like these, you know, projecting sort of trajectory type. Um, plans for teams as far as the draft is concerned. Um, they were talking about Gronkowski's retirement and the gaping hole at tight end now for New England could affect what the Packers get I was going to ask you about that. Get in the yeah. draft because the Patriots will have a pick and there's three tight ends that are looks like going to go in the first round. Um, TJ uh, Hawkinson, um, Noah Font, both from Iowa, and then Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. And the Packers... In every mock draft that I've looked at from whatever service, and I've looked at a lot because I'm a draft dork, um, they've taken one of those guys with one of their two picks. What do they have, 12 and, th- 12 and 30? 30. Yep. 12 seems awful high to take a tight end. It does, especially um, can consider you see the run of quarterbacks that are going to happen, and a lot of these defensive playmakers you're right. seeing drop right. later and later, and could you add a, you know an Ed Oliver or a, a Clellan Farrell or somebody like that that you already have these two new pass rushers with a bunch of money. You got Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark up front. Um, you might you, even get an old, old lineman that'll drop to you, too. You, you never know. You never know because you need that. But right. do you add another defensive playmaker on top of the guys you already have because you he's there and he's the best guy available and you want to build depth in case one of these guys get hurt? I You know, I don't know. But I, you're right. I don't think tight end is a 12 pick for me. Well, and if there's three guys that have kind of separated themselves from the pack, you would think, you know, they'll be able to look at the board and yeah. kind of figure out who's in the market for a tight yes. end. And and is there going to be one or two of these guys available at 30? Right. And, you know, I mean, hey, maybe maybe you do something at 30 and you trade up. Maybe you trade up to 22. You never know. Right. I mean, this this GM has shown a little bit of willingness to, to do to some deal. stuff yes. at the draft. And, you know, maybe you package the 30th and a, and a fourth rounder next year for pick 23 or yeah, something I, who knows I, I mean I don't know I'm I'm curious I mean obviously New England now has a that's a pretty big hole on their it's offense very big and it's a very it's a position that they've really relied on a lot especially as Brady's gotten older well, of course look at their wide receivers yeah I mean the you know the the Gronk Aaron Hernandez pairing if you know if all things had panned out that way 
I mean, we might be talking about a couple extra Super Bowl, Super Bowl rings for the Patriots. Tom Brady playing until whew, he's 50. That was a heck of a duel. Swimming. So, yeah, I don't know how that's going to affect him. I'm kind of curious. The draft is, I think, just under a month away. It's April 25th to the 27th, I think. So um, NFL schedule is going to come out here in mid-April. Uh, as well, they have you know, they've had some changes down at the owners' meetings, which are going on right now um, down in Phoenix. That includes the pass interference, both offensive and defensive, to be reviewed. And I, I said it over here, and I, I I mean I don't know how you exactly feel. I'm sure you're conflicted both ways. Maybe um, it's just one more thing. Do I? Th- they keep trying to get it right, and I think it keeps muddling things up. Yeah, I agree. Um, we talked about it a little bit at, uh, after the NFC Championship game mm-hmm. with the whole debacle in the Saint game. And, it, you know, it's like, on, yeah, I, I am a little conflicted on it. I mean, on one hand, it's like these games are so long anyway. What difference does it make? Right. How much longer is this really going to take? Uh, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, where's this end? Now, you know, wh- we're going to be able to, they're going to be able to throw a challenge flag on a non call. See, like, see I, I haven't, don't, I don't get that. Because I haven't part looked of, at any of the what ifs or you're allowed to do that or. Well, look, part of sports is gamesmanship and being able to get away with stuff that, you know, a lot of time, you know, like in basketball, a lot of times you follow a guy and they don't call it. Well, that's because you tried to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and same thing in football where if you get beat, you might grab a guy a little bit to slow him down. And, right. And it's very hard to see. It's a trick you learn, you know. And, I mean, to take that out, I'm not sure that's good for the game. But it's, to me, they don't have any choice because they have now put the game in a position and they have marketed where people want to see high-flying plays down the field with quarterbacks and receivers and tight ends. They don't want to see anybody get 30 carries a game. So if you're trying to keep this game that you have now brought to this point and keep it there, you have to allow these coaches to start flagging the defensive backs in hopes that you can eliminate a lot of that stuff and get these big plays and get up and down the field and keep people entertained. I don't know whether that's going to deter them from doing that, but I think that's kind of what they're, they've, they've kind of been forced to do it. Yeah, and, it, and it's not through anybody's fault but their own. Well, and the horse is kind of out of the barn on the, the whole legislating of all of this stuff. I mean, they, the NFL rules committee now, it almost acts like its own small government. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's the, the rule book is like trying to decipher the tax code. I mean, there's just so much stuff. I really, and I've said this many times, I really believe part of the problem in professionals, well, in college and professional, really, there's too many rules. Yeah. I think these guys now are asked to look at so much stuff that then they miss the obvious stuff. Right. You know, I mean, college basketball referees now, they have to look for this hook and hold. But in the meantime, you're missing a guy getting pushed in the back on the same rebound play because you're looking at, at a guy's arm. It's I like, completely agree. I said that this morning. For the, for a lot of these guys who are doing this part-time, you keep adding to their mm-hmm. list of stuff to look for. And there's an emphasis placed on certain things. Yes, every year the, it changes, it, too. It, right. So, okay, so now you're adding more things, but kind of ignore that. But then what happens if that thing that you're not looking for that hard becomes a big uh, issue in the game, and then people flip out about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
how much of this you can only do so many things and look for so much stuff well and that's that's my point too is like where does it end right. you know in in when a, when a holding call on a long run in overtime of a NFC championship game costs somebody then the next year are we going to be able to review holding then are the next year we're going to be able to review offsides i mean and, you know, and is it going to be what's called or what's not called because i guarantee you on some of these plays that if, if if they get that holding, the flag will come out. Like, look right there on the replay. The guard was holding the inside linebacker that was blitzing, mm-hmm. and it didn't get called. And right. now they look at it like, okay, that's a penalty. Well, okay, how, like you said, where does this gonna stop? I know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's um, it's it doesn't really get you excited for football. It, it, I mean, it, it really. Know, I mean, it's like, come on. Packers Bears getting you excited week one. Yeah, that should be pretty fun. Th- Thursday night. It's against it's, your. Is it in Green Bay? No, it's at it's, oh, at it's Soldier in Chicago. Field. Okay. So you're you're we're going. The Packers are going to the NFC North champions actually, right out of the gate. Because this it, is against your Sunday noon sort of a thing. I know. It's one of those things. Like uh, I like it. It's cool that it's the hundredth anniversary and they got kind of the two you know model franchises that are going to be yep. playing. But um, I don't like playing the Packers in week one. I don't like playing the Packers at Soldier Field when it's really warm out. I'd rather play them in crap weather um, because, it, you know, in what is it, late August, early se- yeah. September, whatever it is. I mean, it's probably going to be 75 degrees. September and, 5th. But, yeah. you know, Rodgers is going to be in short sleeves, zipping it around. And, you know, I don't I don't love the matchup, but it, it is I'd, what it is. I would rather have the Packers play the Bears for the first time midseason and then to wrap it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Because that gives the team either a chance for people to get hurt or at least for you to be in mode. Yeah. Like right out of the gate, nobody's ready to well, I mean was it week was it week two last year or was that week one? I think played? it was week one. Yeah. I Sunday mean, night. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not crazy about that. It's it's no. like Craig and Parker playing football before school starts. It, right. You know. It, 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 on one hand it's a nice way to kick off the season, but in a in a game that you know is going to mean a ton. Yeah. I don't know that playing it the first week of the season is the best way to go. I'm completely in agreement. All right, that's uh we'll put the NFL uh, to rest there. That's a good about 20 minutes on that. The Bucks uh still first in the East, Central Division champs. Do the divisions mean anything anymore? No, Cuz no. somebody asked me like, "Oh, so they won they won the conference, they're the number 1 seed." I said, "No, they won the division." They're like, "What does that mean?" And I said, "They won the division." Yeah, it's that's that's about I, it. I'm not <sighs> They could probably just do East, Eastern and Western, Western Conference in basketball. I mean, it, they would have to change the seating a little bit because if you win the, your division, I believe you get home court in the first round. Oh, really? Okay. I, I think. No matter the record, no matter what they're in, if somebody... Yeah, I have to check on that. Down in the bottom four wins their division, I'm now they to, jump up. I'm trying to think who's winning. The, yeah, that but that can't be right. That's because, what I didn't think. No. But. So they could get rid of those. I mean, it, you know... It's a, it's I couldn't a nice, even tell you who's in the Central Division. It's a nice milestone during your season as a team. You know, there's certain things. If if you win your division, chances are you're a pretty good team and you're going to be competing for home court. So it's a nice benchmark. But, you know, and they'll they'll add 19 to their, their little division championship banner that hangs right. in the five serve, and that's great. It's, you know, uh, but in the big picture, it doesn't mean much. All right, so they've got uh, games coming up against the Clippers. That's at home on Thursday night. Uh, they're at uh, the Hawks, and then they're at the Nets mm-hmm. um, on the weekend, and then on Monday. And uh, seven games to go. That's yeah, it. Yeah, four up in the loss column on Toronto. So I mean, 
they would pretty much almost have to lose out to, and to Toronto not would have be to win the one. Yeah, yeah, to not be the one seed. So that's pretty much locked up. And um, they had a really great game last night against the Rockets. Sweep the season series against Houston. That's not bad. No, and uh, they have kind of figured something out a little bit with Harden uh, defensively, where uh, they had Bledsoe and George Hill pretty much picking up full court on him and Chris Paul. And uh, with James Harden, he's a left-handed player. They they just basically sat on his left arm. And, you know, people that have played basketball, you know, sometimes you shade a guy one way or the yeah. other. That's not what they were doing. They were parallel to him um, on his left arm, making him drive the ball to the basket with his right hand. And the way the, the Bucks run their defense, Brooke Lopez kind of sags back in the lane. So now Harden's got to shoot over a 7-foot-2 outstretched arm hand. with his off hand for a two-pointer. And um, he was one for nine from three. Yeah, he 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 struggled, and he struggled the first game against the Bucks, and uh, it was a really nice win. Bledsoe played great, one of the best games I've seen him play all year. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were worried once he signed that contract, how was that going to work? But I think this team is uh, too good and too focused, and and sees big things for themselves that you know you're not going to see any let up on that. And um, the win last night puts him at thirty and six. At the serve, best home record in the league. That's so really good to be able to get that one seed, have home court. Uh, I think that's going to be extremely valuable for them. You know, they had mm-hmm. to play on the road in a game seven at Boston last year, and they did not play well. And that's very, very hard to win a road game seven. Um, so to to have that advantage, I think that could be potentially huge. Okay. Um, did you see the Yusuf Nurkic injury? Michael sent me the clip. Oh. I won't watch it Whew. because all I heard was like catastrophic or devastating or whatever adjective that I knew something would go wrong. And then I saw his face afterwards and I said, I don't want to watch. Well, this. it was similar in how it happened with Gordon Hayward, where he was he he went for a rebound. He jumped in the air. And when he landed, he, he broke his fibia and tibia oh. compound fracture in his lower leg. <sighs> and the break was like Alex Smith's this year oh. in, in football. I'm just getting I'm getting woozy just thinking about it. And the thing about it that makes it even worse is they're in double overtime. He had like 36 and 20 rebounds, 36 points, 20 rebounds. They won the game, which clinched the playoff berth, and right now they're the four seed in the West. They have no shot now with him going down. They're done. I mean, they'll still make the playoffs, but they are... Uh, definitely out in the first round, which is too bad because they had a, they were having a nice season, and Nurkic was finally kind of starting to come into his own. It was his second full year with Portland, and and uh, he was really starting to become a nice player. And I mean, Gordon Hayward's played this whole year; he has not been right. It took when Paul George broke his leg in the Olympic trials; uh, he was not right for two years. So, uh, and now you're talking about a seven foot, almost three hundred pound guy. That's gonna have to try to come back from that. It's uh, it, it's it's not career ending, but it's certainly career altering. For Clips him. like that, I if I catch it live, that's one thing. I'll scream and then I might I might watch a replay. But if I know it's coming and somebody's gonna, I I won't do it. Well, it, I watched it once, and the good thing is, is it's a it's a wide shot, so yep. it's not up close. But I mean, you can you can clearly see it. It's uh, it's ugly. <sighs> Well, with the season winding down, we got uh, the NBA awards that will be coming out okay. shortly after the season ends. And, you know, obviously the most important one is the MVP. You got Giannis and Harden pretty much neck and neck by mm-hmm. all the 
pundits, uh, you know, thinking right now. But um, be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, I, I do think that Giannis will win. Um, I think you know the Bucks are on pace right now to win like sixty-two games. They've only won sixty games four times in franchise history, and they've only done it once, which I think was in eighty-two. So they've only done it once since Kareem left. Um, you know, this is probably the best Bucks team they've had in thirty-two years. Uh, a lot of people would say the one team that made the conference finals, but this team is much better than that team. That was a three-man team. Mm-hmm. Um, so Giannis is is. You know, I think right now he's the front runner. Um, you know, obviously I'd like to see him win. On one hand, I'd be all right if he didn't. Yeah, piss him off. You you think so? You oh, think yeah. you think the comments about oh. him not caring are just tongue in cheek? Oh, he cares about when he cares about winning the MVP, but he's not. He's what he, I think. What he's saying is like, I'm not trying for it. I'm just playing. Well, he said the other day. I mean, I played a clip of him. He said MVP, not MVP. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but he he just wants guys, to win. He wants to sure. get out. He's he's like, I want to get out of the first round. I want to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to get to the or uh, the, the and then I want to get to the NBA Finals. When you're that hyper competitive, which from everything I heard, he's like kind of a psychopath. It's going to bug him okay. for for sure. Because um, this, you know, a lot of people talk. This was kind of the year where everybody was like, "Is this the year?" He makes this jump. this jump yep. to being talked about with LeBron, Curry, Harden, and Durant, and he has. So you know, even if he doesn't win it, this has been one of the great. I mean, statistically, this is an all time season. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Budenholzer's probably the front runner for a coach of the year right now. I think him and uh, Mike Malone from Denver, and I, I think you got to throw Doc Rivers in there. I mean, that Clipper team, they trade their best guy at the trade deadline, and, and they're like the five seed right now in the West. Very impressive. Um, you know, those will be the main two that the Bucks are involved in. Giannis will be first-team All-NBA. Um, I Middleton and Bledsoe, I don't think, you know, although Middleton was an all-star, he just consistently hasn't had the kind of season that would get you in that conversation. But a couple, couple awards might be coming the Bucks' way, which which would be pretty cool okay. and, and deserving with the season they've had. Right. So, Did you see Giannis was in Stoughton today? Oh, did you see the line? It was like the whole town of Stoughton showed up. I saw it. I think uh, Mike Heller put something on there at like one in the afternoon, and there was a thousand people there. Easy. Yeah. Oh my god. And and it was free. Like you it know. was free. Yeah. Free meet and greet. Wow. Yep. There you go. Whew. Okay. Well. Well, good for Stoughton. Popularity, absolutely. Yeah. That's fine. All right, we go to college hoops. Yeah. You're back from Vegas. You watched uh, three days of basketball. Two, 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 two and days. a half, somewhere around uh, there. A little two, bit. Okay. Just two. Yeah. Two days. How'd you uh, How'd you like it out there at tournament time? It was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Um, it was very different, though. You know, there's seats there, but you have to pay for them and reserve them way, 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 way in advance. So if you're in the sports book watching these games, you're standing, um, which, you know, after a while, yes. you need to sit down. So that's where you, we would try to find a, a, a slot machine that was near. So like there was a little window I could yep. see the TVs through. Um, it was cool. A lot of people there wearing gear. Okay. You know, a lot of di- all the different fan bases. Um, saw a lot of Wisconsin people. Really? A lot, lot of people yeah. on Friday. People uh, like from Wisconsin love to go to Vegas. A lot of people Thursday with Marquette gear. A lot of people Friday with Wisconsin gear. Um, 
it was a lot of fun, man. I probably, I think I bet on, there were 32 games uh, the first two days. I think I probably bet on about 25 of them. Oh, wow, okay. Um, you know, I think I was like probably around 11 and 12 for right. my record. I, You know, I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was pretty much betting, uh, just betting spreads, a um, couple over-unders, a couple parlays. But um, my, my biggest win was uh, the first day, uh, 12-5 matchup. It was Auburn versus... Um, New Mexico State. Yep. And uh, I parlayed. I took the points and the over-under. And uh, with about a minute and a half to go, I was dead. I was dead in the water. And Auburn just started crapping their pants and throwing the ball over the court. And New Mexico's <laughs> making shots and coming back. And and uh, it gets down to the last couple of seconds. And they get fouled on a three. And a guy makes one out of three free throws. And I'm right at the over-under line. And, um, but I ended up winning that one, I think, um, you know, I think I don't know, won like two hundred bucks on that All one. Right. That was probably my big win and my big loss. Uh, I lost a hundred on Thursday on Marquette, <laughs> and I lost a hundred on Friday on Bucky. Oh man! So uh, yeah, bad. You know, I st- my my dad was there with me, and and we were laughing, and uh, you know, I said, well, I said number one lesson coming out of the weekend: never bet with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Never bet with your heart, and if you do, don't bet big money on it. Yeah, I and I mean, understand. you know, a hundred bucks ain't big money to these guys no. out there. But I, I got a great story. I'll tell you. Okay. So Friday night, which was our last night there, it's about ten o'clock Vegas time. The last game's about to end. I think it was Virginia Tech St. Louis, and uh, I had four or five winning tickets in my pocket. So I was like, ah, we were leaving kind of early the next morning, and so I'm like, I'll just go get in line and cash these now, so I don't have to worry about tomorrow. So I'm in line and I get up to the front and I'm the third guy from the window, right? So the guy at the window standing there and he's there forever. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? So the guy that's directly in front of me, I go, Jesus, I go every time. It never fails. I always pick the wrong line because every, the other lines are just, just, just cooking. Well, at the, at the window, they have a computer screen that faces out towards yes. you. Yep. And when you put your ticket, when they put your tickets in, it it spits out how much you want. That's exactly what what it's like at you know at down at Arlington. Sure, for horse racing. So I'm standing there, and the guy in front of me goes, "Yeah." Well, he goes, "Look at the screen," and I look at the screen. It's forty eight thousand dollars. Oh my god! And I, that's what I said. And the guy goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He put twenty thousand dollars on Central Florida to beat, uh, I think it was VCU. Yeah, anyone." And I'm like, "Wow." So they're like counting it out for him, like the cash, right? So obviously we got to sit there and wait. And the guy says to me, the guy in front of me says, yeah, he goes, you think that's something? He goes, earlier today, he said he won $120,000 betting Oregon over the Badgers. I think he bet like forty grand on it. So the guy walked away that night with $160,000 in cash that was just in his room. And the guy, the, the dude's like, man. So the guy walks away from the window, and he's got like a brick of money under his arm, right? Oh, my And the God. guy, the dude that's one in front of me, he's like, man, he goes, I'd be calling for security. I'm like, shit, I'd be sprinting to my room. No kidding. Somebody just sees you just walking oh. with a stack I of- mean, it's a casino. I mean, there's so much security there. I but get it, like, but still, you just got money you on your know. hip. You don't know. Well, and, and somebody could spot you, right, follow you, whatever. Right, and then follow your room or figure out but where man. you're at or- but like I was thinking about it, you know. And I, obviously, this guy's a professional. Um, but like, if if I if I don't think if I bet a thousand dollars on a game, I don't even think I go watch the game. 
Like every dribble, every possession, you and then and that's how it was there. Like you're living and dying. Like the first couple games, I was kind of weirded out by it because uh, I think the first game was oh, it was Minnesota Louisville was yes. the first game of the yep. tournament, and when Minnesota got up early, the place was going crazy, and I'm like. Dude, there's like 11 minutes left in the first half, but it's like, you know, people are, you're counting the points yes. and the, and you all of a sudden Minnesota's the dog, but the, they're covering the spread and they're scoring. So you're like, okay, I got the spread. What's the over under? It's wild, man. That's why I can't live in that it's world. It's fun. I can't live in it's that world. It's fun, man. I can't. I got enough stress in my life. I couldn't, I couldn't do that, <laughs> but uh, not many upsets um, in the tournament. So, I mean, it, it, you hear from both sets of people. That like the good teams in, you hear the people that the, their attention is kept with mid majors, you know, upsetting the big dogs. And I mean, there's basically two stacks of those people. It's like, what what tournament do you want? And sometimes you get one, sometimes you get another. Like this year's very chalky. So there's a lot of top seeds still in there. You know, you got a couple twelves. Um, I mean, Oregon. I told you last week I do one bracket mm-hmm. and I use it for everything mm-hmm. in my and but I but I revise it like four or five times before I stick with it. So mm-hmm. I go with my gut instinct and what I've read and then I talk to some people and then I read some more and then I make some subtle changes. I really don't like this. I'll change that. I only change like one or two games or whatever in each revision. First four revisions. Oregon to the Sweet 16. Mm. Fifth revision. Wisconsin to the Sweet 16. Mm. Not good. <laughs> not good. I don't even know what I just, I couldn't do. I don't know why. Your heart, man. God. Your heart. It's just stupid. So it's like, which do you like? I would imagine you like the better basketball. Yes, I do. I, I like the big dogs. I like the top four seeds to advance to the Sweet 16, if at all possible. Uh, one of the big criticisms about college basketball and the tournament is that they don't, quote unquote, have a true national champion. Um, that's why I like this. You, you, you get the best teams going forward, the best players going forward. Um, you know, upsets are fine. I don't, you know, I'm fine when an 11 beats a six or a 12 beats a five, but I don't want 14s beating threes and 15s beating twos because those teams, you know, like I remember a couple years ago when Michigan state was a two and they lost in the first round. Um, that team was one of the five best teams in the country all year long. They won the Big Ten. They won the Big Ten tournament. They had one bad game against a team that was just completely on fire, and it knocks them out of the tournament. And look, that's how it goes. But I would have much rather have seen them in the Elite Eight playing the one seed in that bracket because it's just better basketball, you know? I mean, the Loyola thing was cool last year, but, you know, they get to the Final Four, and it's kind of like, oh. Butler. Yeah. George Mason. Yeah. I mean, you know, people like me. Butler was a little different because they they were they were were known and and they had pros on that team. Um, But yeah, like when George Mason made it that that first time, VCU made it. You know, I mean, I I get it for the casual fan. That's great. That's kind of where I'm at. It keeps you interested. I want stories. Sure. Um, I the quality of basketball to me is less concerning because I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And entertainment for me is a good story. Mm-hmm. And that and that's all it is, right or wrong, indifferent, sure. no, whatever. No, I understand. And and that's why I just it's interesting to to ask people like what what is it that you like about the tournament? Mm-hmm. And for I think for most people, 
it is it's the filling out of the brackets, it's the picking of the upsets, it's seeing, you know, Goliath get knocked off by David. Um but the but for me it's like, well that's great, but like the second weekend, most of the time, those teams get throttled. Yes. You and know? that and that's what we're coming up on. And when a team like Loyola ends up making it, it's because the other top seeds somehow got knocked off too. So, you know, last year there, I think they were an 11 seed and they play Kansas state to go to the final four and Kansas state's a five, you know, it's like, well, right. How good Kansas did you state got like, do? You know, it's like, okay, well, right. you, 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 beat, one, you beat the fourth place team in the big 12. You got one big victory or two big victories right away. It's and like then the, it's more realistic. The year the Badgers went to the final four the first time and they played Purdue in the elite eight. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this is the fourth time they've played. Right. And the first three games were horrible, you know. And it's like this is the this is to go to the final four. So I don't know. I I, I can see it both ways, but personally, I, I like the, well, the better teams. We are on to the Sweet Sixteen around this week. I don't have my bracket in front of me. Um, yeah, you, let me. What all? What all do you got going on here that you really really like? As we both grab our phones and look at our and and try to find some brackets. This is great. This yeah, it is. is. For, uh, yes, it is. It's, right. I, I'm not even editing this out in post production. Well, so you got Gonzaga, Florida State is the first game tomorrow, which okay. is highly interesting to me because Florida State is just loaded with athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling my dad the other day, there's going to be two or three guys off this Florida State team that will be in the NBA in two years. And you don't know who they are right now, but they're just super athletes. And, uh, Gonzaga's good, but I I don't know, man. Florida State, they're hot. They're playing well. Leonard Hamilton seems very likable. Yeah, he's a pretty good coach, too. Seems like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, um second game, Purdue, Tennessee. I, I've been I was shocked at how badly Purdue beat Villanova. Villanova couldn't make anything and that that Edwards for Purdue went crazy. So, you know, that happens. But I I I was not a believer in Purdue all year and and uh they've done pretty well and I got Tennessee in my final four, but um, their coach is just a disaster. <laughs> I mean, they were up 25 points on Iowa the other day, and to let that team yeah. come back, that was a joke. Well, um, what else is tomorrow? Texas Tech, Michigan. All right. Um, that I think that one's going to be uh, high 50s, low 60s. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that, that Michigan plays solid D, and, right. and then Virginia, Oregon. I mean... You know the, okay, cin- now, the Cinderella of the tournament is the Pac-12 champion, right? And <laughs> who wouldn't have necessarily made the tournament right. if they didn't win the conference tournament? Okay, right. so now like you get a slow, another methodical team like Virginia, like Wisconsin was, and Oregon kind of took them to task. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Virginia is a little bit more polished. And what they do for the Badgers does that favor them or does that favor Oregon I, with four, six, nine guys and some yeah. athletes? I still like Virginia in that game. All right. Um, I think getting out of the first weekend for this particular group of kids was big. Okay. I mean, they really they were behind like 14 points in the first half the other night against uh, the 16 seed. So uh, they needed to get out of that. Um, Friday, you got Michigan State LSU, which I think is going to be just a great game to watch. Yep. I think both those teams are really good. Auburn, North Carolina, um, that game might be in the 90s. Um, and it'll but be if Auburn can hit. And the best yep. part about that is going to be especially fun is the trash talk between Barkley and Kenny Smith in the studio. Barkley and Auburn grad Kenny Smith went to North Carolina. That, that'll be pretty fun. Uh, Duke Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech actually beat Duke this year, but without Zion. Okay. Um, so Buzz Williams will see if he can uh, make two. And uh, last game Houston against Kentucky. 
Um, Houston's very good. So I had not Samson's seen done them. a good job down there. He's a good coach. Uh, Kentucky's a good team, but this isn't kind of like the typical Kentucky. They don't have them the the top top flight mm-hmm. stars, um, but they have a very good team. So um, that's that's another one that'll be pretty interesting. All so. right. Well, now let's turn to uh, within the borders here. Yeah, this um, is. Uh, I got a lot of thoughts on this. All right. Well, uh, you could start with Marquette um, and the Golden Eagles that get knocked out uh, in in the first round. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do like a like a state of of the two teams, Marquette okay. and Wisconsin. Um, you know, Marquette had had a had a nice three quarters of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in position to win the Big East regular season championship. Um, unfortunately, they they end up losing six of their last seven overall games, including conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. They pretty much got run out of the building by John Morant and Murray State. Yes, um, I thought they were they were exposed. Um, lack of depth, uh, physically weak, um, lack of athletes, and uh, uh, over-reliance on one guy yep. uh, really, really came back to bite Marquette. Did that start to rear its head in the last few weeks of the season? Yeah, and, you Teams know... Teams kind of got a little book on, hey, this is a good game plan here. Well, they really... The Marquette's got three scores. You've got Howard, who's a, who's a premier scorer, and then you've got the two Housers. And the two Housers down the stretch just consistently did not play well. It seemed like it was one or the other mm-hmm. that, that was playing well. I, I think Joey, the freshman, I think he wore down. I think he got tired going through the Big East. I think he, you know, he's a little undersized to play um, the the power forward spot. He got, I think he got beat up a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to call that this a successful season. Um, in the in the small picture, it is uh, it's the best team Wojo's had. Um, they were ranked, I think, tenth at one point. They were pretty much ranked all year. Um, you know, Wojo, this was this was the fifth year he was the coach. His record's ninety seven and sixty seven, two NCAA appearances, but zero and two in the tournament, and both losses were blowouts. Um, it's concerning. Um, Recruiting wise, he's done a pretty good job. You know, he got Henry Ellenson, which was a big recruit, mm-hmm. but he was a one and done. Yep. Everybody kind of knew that, but that was kind of a that was kind of a prove it recruit for him to be able to say, yeah, I could recruit at Duke, but I can also recruit here. Um, you know, getting Marcus Howard uh, out of Arizona was a was a big coup. Um, he's he you know he, he struggled down the stretch, but he's still one of the top scorers in the country. The biggest he player, was the of the biggest year. player of the year. Yep. He was second team All American. And then uh, the Hauser brothers uh, were the two big in-state gets for him. So, recruiting wise, I'd give him a B minus. Um, but the the lack of athleticism on that team. I mean, you watch Murray State. Uh, Skill wise, Marquette was much better. But when it just came down to pure athleticism and getting up and down the floor and making a, an individual play, uh, Marquette just couldn't compete. And and you kind of saw that a couple times against St. John's. You saw it late in the year a couple times against Seton Hall. So those are the kind of teams that really gave Marquette trouble. Um, they got the whole team coming back next year with the exception of uh, Chartouni, their backup point guard, who was a grad transfer and who was just flat-out awful. Um, <laughs> I can't believe there was a, a, there was a, Nobody a recruiting else. war to get him okay. last year, uh, but he, he, was, <laughs> he, he was bad. All right. Um, they only got one recruit coming in, um, and it's a kid that they'll probably end up redshirting. Um, you know, uh, 
there was a lot of stuff on social media after that game. Fire Wojo, he was taking a lot of heat. Um, I think that's a little premature. It is concerning that you know you've you've made the tournament twice and you've been run out um, by one inferior team, I think, in Murray State yep. and a team in South Carolina a couple years ago that was just hot and ended up making the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm still optimistic. Um, you know he's he's proven that he can recruit, but what he hasn't proven is it, is that he's a good game coach. Um, still kind of trying to figure that out. So. Um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see right. what happens with with the Golden Eagles. That's fair. State of Wisconsin. Now we move on to as uh, Greg Gard has had some success with some of Bo Ryan's guys. Um, you got you get another guy who transfers out, who came into the program, figured I can probably make some waves as a freshman. Played in eleven games or sixteen games. Then when a Big Ten time came around, I think he played fifty total minutes. Yeah. And it's a rough way to lose a year of eligibility. Said, I'm out of here. I'm mm-hmm. not really like this because there are guys ahead of him, and they're going to be ahead of him for another couple of years. And he's not clearly satisfied in moving up to try and get to be one of the first guys off the bench. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Strickland's gone. Um, in guards four years, he's made it three times in the NCAAs. He's got a pretty good record, 80 and 47. They've been one sweet 16. They're four and three in the tournament. Um, but you and I kind of talked about this. Next year is going to be a really interesting year on how you can replace a scorer like Ethan Happ. And he has his faults at the free throw line, turnovers, but he's a reliable point getter. Yeah, well, they can't replace him. Um, it, it's going to have to be done by committee. You're going to have to hope that Reavers gets a lot better. They got a kid from Ohio State that transferred in. Like a Potter, yeah. Supposed to be eligible at Christmas, but they're going to try to get a waiver to get him eligible earlier. Um, you know, I, who I knows know how good he who, is? Who but, knows? Right. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, his most of Guard's success have been with Bo's guys. Now we're going to get Guard's guys. Yeah. Hap was kind of the last. Hap and Iverson were kind of the last um, group of of the Bo Ryan recruits. So everybody there now pretty much is is recruited by guard and his staff. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. They've got some issues up there. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sound over dramatic with this because I there again he was another one. Uh, a lot of people calling for his job, and I think that's ridiculous. Um, Greg Guard's. Is a good coach. I think I said it a couple weeks ago. I think he should have been the Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think if you if you watch that Badger team, and it's certainly if you watch him in the tournament game, where's the talent? How that team won fourteen Big Ten games, twenty three games overall, and was basically in the top twenty five all year. That's a hell of a coaching job, if you ask me. Yes, he had one very good player, but you know, in a, in a league like the Big Ten. Which showed its depth by I think what they go seven and one the first day or mm-hmm. first weekend of the tournament. Um, I think he did a great job. The problem is is the talent. Um, I question the way that they have decided to recruit up there. Um, they do not go into the big cities, so they're missing out on a lot of athletes. They don't recruit the city of Milwaukee. Um, they got burned several years ago with that by a couple guys. Uh, one guy, Bo recruited. I think his last. I think it was Latrell Fleming. Had ended up having a heart issue. Okay. 
And there was another kid, Boo Wade, um, who was a big shot over, I think, at Milwaukee Vincent, and, and he was a problem. And he came in and got in trouble, and I think he ended up maybe at UWM. Um, that sounds right. So there's not a lot of confidence going over there that it's going to work. Um, Badger fans always like to throw the academic stuff in there of, of who can and cannot get in. Um, you know, I, I, frankly, I call bullshit on a lot of that stuff. I think it's a very convenient excuse when you don't get guys to, to trot that out there. And I think it's, frankly, it's really unfair to these kids. Um, the problem for me is, you know, you look around the NCAA tournament and if you watched much college basketball all year, there's Wisconsin kids all over the country playing for other teams, right. playing well, and guys that should be playing for the Badgers. And just a little bit of a rundown here. I just listed a couple guys. You got the Hauser brothers at Marquette. They didn't recruit Sam. They didn't think he could play the Big Ten. And then they lost and out on Joey. They lost out on Joey. Tyler Hero. They offered. You had him. Decommitted. He decommitted and went yep. to Kentucky. Not much you can do about nope. that. Uh, Jordan Poole at Michigan. Um Played his first three years at Milwaukee King, transferred to a prep school, ends up at Michigan, and has had a nice first two years. Uh, kid from Oshkosh North that was uh, on the state champions last year. Play, uh, first team All-State, Tyrese Halliburton, about a 6'6 guard. Started all year for Iowa State, who won the Big 12 uh, Conference Championship and uh, made the tournament. Uh, Jordan McCabe at West Virginia, point guard from Kaukauna last year. Didn't recruit him. Storm Murphy from Middleton. Yep. Now playing on a tournament team. Starting at Wofford. Wofford, A two-year starter at Wofford. Anybody that watched the the Wofford tournament games, if you want to make an argument to me that he's better, that he's not better than Demetric Trice and Brad Davison, um, I'll listen, but then I'll laugh you out of the room. (laughs) And this guy was five minutes down the road. Yep. Um, John Diener. Yeah, uh, son of uh, Tom Diener, mm-hmm. who's won multiple state championships in this state. Uh, John, I think last year or two years ago, has set the state tournament record for points in a game. He's currently at DePaul. Um, Chris Knight. Chris Knight. Dartmouth. I, I look today, second team All-Ivy, averaged 15-7 and seven a game, playing at Madison Memorial in high school. I think he could get into Madison. I think he could get in. I think, uh, I think Diener could get in if he got into DePaul. Um, and then J.C. Butler, Karan Butler's son, uh, playing for UC Irvine. Why are these kids not playing? And and look, Marquette, you can say a little bit of the same thing, but at the end of the day, I believe that if on the front of your jersey is the name of your state, you're the school in the state. Duke's great. They're not North Carolina. They're not North Carolina. West Virginia, Virginia Tech. They're not Virginia, you know. I mean, it's it's whatever state is on the front of your jersey means the most. Most like kids that. that grow up in that state, that's who they want to play yeah. for. So when you're allowing these guys to get out of state, um, I, I think it's a big problem. I mean, in in the current crop of kids in state right now, um, the five kids on first team all state, Mister Basketball this year, a kid from Wapan, he's going to Northern Kentucky. He was a senior. Okay. And then you've got four underclassmen that were first team all state. You got Jalen Johnson, yep. who's the number one recruit in the nation right now in his class. He's a junior. Um, you've got Patrick Baldwin. Patrick Baldwin, who's number one in his class right now. Yep. He's a sophomore. You've got uh Foster Michael from Foster, uh, yeah. 
Milwaukee, Washington, he's number four. He's a, in his class. He's a sophomore. You've got Johnny Davis from Lacrosse Central, who's basically a Kobe King clone. Um, I saw the other day he just got an offer from West Virginia. Okay. Baldwin just got one from Kansas. Yep. Uh, I know right now the leader in the clubhouse for Jalen Johnson is Duke. Uh, Foster verbally committed as a freshman to Arizona State, but has since reopened his recruiting. Um, I don't think they're going to get any of these guys. No. Maybe Sir? maybe Johnny Davis because of the, the connection. I believe him and King went to the same high school. Okay. So you might get that with that connection, but... These other guys are not going to be there. And, you know, in the case of Johnson or Baldwin, maybe it's not a huge deal. They're probably one and done guys, especially in their minds. Um, but, you know, so what do you do? Okay. So you're, so your guard, what do you do? How do you fight the big, the big time guys? Do they look at the system and they say, I don't really want to play this lockdown defense, hold the ball until there's five seconds left on the shot clock? and then work for a shot? Do they want to get up and down the floor? Do they want to play more aggressively? I mean, what's the problem with Madison and either the coach there or the systems that in place? Or is it just that there's bigger, better coaches and better programs and there are stars in their eyes and that's what they follow? There's some of the latter. You know, when Mike Krzyzewski comes to your game well, or Bill that's Self a big comes deal, to yes. your game and they they ask you to come play for them, I mean, that's... You know, it doesn't get any bigger than that. I, I understand that. And and like I said, the top, top, top tier guy like a Jalen Johnson, if you don't get him, I don't think anybody can scream at you. But it's these, you know, he's a five star. The four star guys are the guys that are getting away. Um, style of play, I think, is part of it. You know, um, it's a lot. Badgers kind of. I'll just, I did not get, we did not get a lot of flattering comments about the Badger basketball product when we were standing in the sports book in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you that. When my dad and I were standing there and he's wearing his Badger gear, a lot of snide remarks. Not a, not a real well liked team around the country because they're boring. Um, they're kind of known as big white guy university. I mean, that's been that whenever they've had a good player, for the most part, it's been a big, tall, White dude. Yep. Hap, Kaminsky, Nankaville, Lure, Butch. Nankaville, Butch. I mean, go down the line. You've had a Devin Harrison and a Lando Tucker sprinkled in there, but for the most part, it's been a big, tall white dude, and they run the offense through that. And most guys in this day and age, they don't want to play that way. You know, they want to get up and down. They want to play like North Carolina. They want to play like Duke. They want to shoot threes. They want to get in transition. They want to dunk. They want to be on, on highlights on Sports Center. Um, so, you know, I think that the coaching staff needs to compromise that a little bit, and I think it's I think it's a little chicken or the egg thing. I think they proved a couple years ago when they had Kaminsky, Decker, and some of those guys that were a little more athletic. They loosened the reins. They let those guys play. Um, but when the talent level has not been up to snuff, They've tightened the reins, and you see this very methodical, yeah, slow, what it is. wind the clock down. I mean, if I have to watch Trice and Davison shoot another contested three at the shot clock right. buzzer, I mean, and you wonder why these guys are shooting 35% from three. Those are tough shots. Um, I just don't like it because it doesn't lend itself to coming back on an opponent when, when you're down late. Well, college basketball especially today, is about guards. It's a guards game. 
And the last couple of years, they've had terrible guard play, unathletic and not great shooters. So that that is where I would look first if I were the Badgers. I think living in Wisconsin, you're all it's like the football team. The football team's always going to be able to get these great big linemen. Living in Wisconsin, well, if you recruit Minnesota or Wisconsin kids, you're always still going to be able to get the big kid. It's the guards and the wing guys that you're missing out on. And, you know, maybe Kobe King turns into something in two or three years. We don't know. Haven't seen a lot from him yet. Nope. Um, but at, at the end of the day, with both Marquette and Wisconsin, I think it kind of comes down to what are your expectations? Um, as a Marquette fan, my expectations are to compete for the Big East and to make the tournament. Whatever else happens for me is gravy. Um, I don't think Badger fans have that same expectation. I think those two Final Four teams spoiled them. I think they now believe they are a a upper echelon program, and they just are not. They are a second-tier Big Ten program. They're not Michigan. They're not Michigan State. They're not Indiana. Purdue. They're not Purdue. I mean, I know Indiana hasn't been great, but the Indiana basketball brand is yes, bigger right. than Wisconsin. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I kind of compare the Badgers program a little bit to Butler, and I don't mean that in any kind of a disrespectful way. Um, Butler was a, you know, obviously they were a mid-major where the Badgers are a power conference team, but, you know, Butler was always good, made a lot of tournaments, got to the second round a couple times, similar to the Badgers um, in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. Good teams, not great teams. And Butler had one group where they had Gordon Hayward and Shelvin Mack, a couple guys that made the NBA, and they got to the title game twice. Well, the Badgers had their group, you know, Kaminsky, Decker, Gosser, yep. Trey Jackson, and those guys, and they got to the Final Four twice. Well, when those guys leave, the programs take a dip. Yeah. And, you know, when you're not a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kentucky, it's hard to be able to recover from that, especially quickly, you know, because um, you're not going to get the one-and-done guy. You have to you have to get the three- and four-year guys, and when you miss, it's – you know that it, drops you back. It, it a little really bit. drops you back into the pack. So, um, I think Badger fans need to tamp the expectations down a little bit. I okay. think I think a top five Big Ten team right now is is uh, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think to continue to make the tournament is a good thing. And you know you're going to have a year or two where you make a, make a run and and uh, you know you, you got to get a little bit lucky. You got to have a a Sam Decker who's a who's a top tier recruit and a Bronson Caning who's a top tier recruit. They got to stay. You know, that's why that group was so good because they got big recruits in state to stay. So we'll see. All right. We'll see what happens. All right. We're closing in on the hour mark. So, oh, one last college basketball thing just saw today. Um, My boy Nate Oates. Yeah, Buffalo. uh, Buffalo coach just signed a five year extension last week, has now been named the new Alabama coach. Really? Mm hmm. Because they just got rid of their guy. Avery, yeah, okay. Avery Johnson just left Alabama. Yeah. That's a, I mean, talk about a monster step yeah, no up kidding. for Going OC. to the SEC yeah. from the MAC. be interesting to see how the recruiting goes for him. Wow. And uh, okay. I saw today, I don't think it's official yet, but TJ Otzelberger, my old teammate at Whitewater, he was the South Dakota State yeah. coach, uh, is rumored to be taking the UNLV job. Really? So a uh, nice, couple nice, couple cool nice promotions for okay. these guys. And, uh, Excellent. It'll be fun to watch them down the road. All right. We are a minute shy of the hour mark. Let's wrap it up with some baseball. Uh, opening day is on Thursday. Yulis Chassin is your ace, just based on lack of options, I guess, and what he did last year. 
And uh, you got a four-gamer with the Cardinals to lead it off. Then you go there, I think, in the next week. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, you, and you had the stat. I know there was three series, but they basically play 10 of their first 20 games against St. Louis, which is dumb. Pro- That's dumb. <laughs> it's going to be one of the two teams that they're basically going to be fighting for in the division, and you're playing them within the first month of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's a team you're going to be fighting with the whole year. You ought to be playing those games like similar to the Packer Bears. Play them in the middle, play them in May and June, and then play them at the end when of the year. When stuff's on the line. Um, I, I, I don't understand. You know, For years, the Brewers used to always open up against a team from out west. It would be like Padres or Giants or something like that. But the last couple of years now, it's been the Cardinals. I, I, you know, I, I guess Major League Baseball thinks it's going to draw more eyeballs, but... I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see, I didn't read the article from Hard Record, but it's, and I haven't looked at the schedule, but April is not easy. No, and they play the Dodgers six times in April, and then they don't play them the rest of the year. That's it. So they they, they get their home and away done. Yep. Well. Yep. So it's interesting, interesting schedule making. Uh, and, and let me just say, I hate that that Major League Baseball starts in March. It is so stupid. For, for the last couple of days. Um, I hate the fact that opening day is on the same day as the Sweet 16. Okay, why? Um, are you it, going? It, it, tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. You are? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't Excellent. missed an opening day since That's 1994. Right. I keep asking you that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that that drives me nuts. I mean, I, I it's fine in Milwaukee. We got a roof. But Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, uh Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Boston. Like, what, what are we thinking here? This is dumb. Northern and Eastern tier teams. You know, and and I I was having a talk with a, a friend of mine, and you know we were talking about starting so early, and he said, well, you know, the union wanted extra days off during the season for the players, and 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 I said that's fine. I go, you know, what would actually be better than that for every for the fans and the players, and would be more fun, and would still give them the extra days off. Double headers. Build in one on Sundays. Come on, greedy. Saturdays. Come on, greedy owners. I know you want two days worth of a gate, but come on. Build in a couple. You know, you want That's you want you, you want your brand to be fun. Yep. Have a double header. Have a have Sunday double headers. Have have two double headers a month. There you go. That's not That's, That's not, not much. It's not much to ask. No. No. I give you two extra days right. off a month. Yep. Fine with that. All right. I like yeah. that. Uh bullpen depth is a problem. Canable's apparently been pitching with an elbow injury for years. Mm, yeah. Which I thought was a little odd. Mm-hmm. And then Jeffress tried to rear back and, as you said, lasted three pitches. And they said, we need to take you out because you can't throw hard anymore. Well, um, you know what popped into my head right now was mm-hmm. a little burnout from last year. There's, you can't really argue. Both of them had careers to career highs in innings pitched. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and I, and the same friend that I was talking to, our our mutual baseball buddy. Yep. Um. You know, I, I, you know, I. It look, it is what it is. You're trying to make the World Series. I get it. The Cubs did it with the Raldis Chapman, and his arm yeah. fell off the year after. Right. Um. So you got to do what you got to do to win. Because could you imagine them trotting like Jacob Barnes out in the sixth inning of Game Seven? That's people would have people would have been running on the field. <laughs> um. But I think it's, you know, it's got to be a legitimate concern. I mean, it's why Jeffress melted down at the end of the year. The dude was just out of gas. Yep. You know, they were pitching him every day in, in these high-stress situations. And, you know. You can't you, you deliver 100% can't, of the time. You can't. Physically and emotionally, I don't think you can just keep ramping it up like that. So so it's concerning. Um, 
it sounds like Jeffress is going to be a short-term thing. Um, it sounds like it's just some fatigue. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, the Knable thing, if, if he really has been pitching with a bum elbow for a couple of years, shut him down, have the surgery, come back next year. Mm-hmm. Because most of those guys make full recoveries. They, most of them even come back throwing harder after Tommy John. Um, so just just get it right because I, I don't think there'd be anything worse than sh- having, him, having him pitch till June and then you shut him down. Right. And now and then, you're and now you you're two months behind the eight ball the for next, next year, year yeah. or even full because it's usually a year minimum, right? So, so. Um, I I heard John John Barry on yep. the broadcast today say he thinks they are still going to sign Kimbrel, which right now when you have your what are your two out of your back three bullpen guys gone and and I don't think they want Hater to close. I wouldn't think so because they like him having yeah, the, like the going off the seventh and the eighth. Yeah, the flexibility is great for him, and not just keep him to one, two, or three outs. They like him maybe in a little bit longer than just three if he can go there. You know, he'll get a couple of those six, seven, eight out saves like yes. he did last year. Yep. But to yeah, to pencil him in as the ninth inning guy, it it, it screws your whole bullpen up. Right. I've I mean I've heard Junior Guerra might be the closer <sighs> to start the season. I mean. It's probably going to be by committee um, I, in the short term, but I, I, I but even if Jeffers comes back, I don't know that I want him to be the closer. It's funny that that for Kimbrel not to be signed right now, and for teams that especially now are in the Brewers' position where you got two out of your your last three bullpen guys that you want to close out games with, they're done. Mm-hmm. Like, aren't you David Stearns? Aren't you going like, okay, sorry, Mister Antanasio, we are in a bad spot. We need a little bit more money. Well, for sure, and and from from Kimbrough's perspective, I mean, God, he's going to have to walk into the season and start throwing to live hitting. I mean, he hasn't thrown to live batters. I right. mean, it's not the same throwing a simulated game, right? You know, I mean, it might take him a month to get into the groove. I mean, who knows? So, I don't know. It's it's uh. It's the it's it is the spot of concern yes. on the Brewers right now. Uh, roster surprises. To you, Spangenberg and Saladino going down to AAA? I was a little surprised about Spangenberg, yeah. Uh, I guess it was between him and Hernan Perez. And, and, and they I, like everything else that Perez can do or has yeah, done. And, and, I, and I'm fine with that. Um, and then I guess after that it would have been Ben Gamble. Which he's now your fourth outfielder. And it probably comes down to options and things like that that sure. I'm not 100% square on, but... Um, Saladino being in AAA is not uh, not a big surprise, but he did have a very nice spring. Um, but hey, it's it's nice to have big league depth. It is down there because you know somebody will get hurt, somebody will get nicked up, go on a DL, or have to go on you know maternity leave, have a baby, or you know whatever, <laughs> just life life stuff. Yes, um, where you'll miss a couple days, and you know it's nice to have a little depth down there. All right, where where are they going to finish? How are we going to do? What's what's going to happen here? <sighs> well, they won ninety six last year. Division's better. I think they are at 90. I think they are the wild card, and I think they get 90 wins. I was going to go 92. Okay. I, I, I That's a tough, tough thing to live up to, and I just can't see them getting back to the place that they were. But you get in, and you give yourself a chance. Yes, and I just think and because the division's so much better. if you ride high at the end, better. then I think you carry a little momentum. I think that park, you know, plays a, a, a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Um, And, I, you know, like... Just getting momentum. I don't know. People have said there are no studies to prove that you know momentum is a really big help. I just don't know how it's not. Oh, a help. I, yeah, 
I'm a, I'm a believer in momentum. Me too. For, for sure. Me too. I think it matters. Well, right. tomorrow will be fun, man. I'm going to have Enjoy a couple, yourself. couple of uh, I hope so. adult sodas. And... Are you? Have you picked out your menu option? I know you like to get something no. really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really seen anything new No, uh, being advertised, so um, I don't know. I, I didn't have any pierogies last year. I might have to try one All of right. those. I, I've, I haven't had those. You doing there. any tailgating? You're just going in for the game? Yeah, I got a couple buddies I think I'm going to run over and, and meet, right. and then uh, you know, I hope to meet up with our buddy Joe uh, yep. during the game. He'll okay. be working. So right. See if I can get him out of the get him out of the luxury box where he's up there uh, entertaining the the big wigs and have him come down and hang out for a couple minutes with all the all the common folk oh, down yeah. there. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, enjoy yourself. Geez, Vegas, you got opening day. You've got quite a run here going. Yeah, I got a big one next week too. I got a birthday coming up, so it's this is kind yes. of my time. And then after that, you don't hear from me for about a year. All right, that's the intentional foul for this week. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you stuck with us, uh, you can subscribe wherever podcasts are found. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Goldberg. I'm Dan Saunders. Oh, wait, at Dan Saunders 104. You've already checked out. That's fine. I Uh, I spaced. You can also follow us at Podcast Follow. You can tweet us. Feedback for the show, suggestions for top five lists, anything you want, that's I w- fine. I was thinking we will, today, we will respond. I was thinking today, I think we need to have an unpaid social media person because I just cannot handle two Twitter accounts on my phone. I have my own, and then I have the the, 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 podcast, the podcast one, follow. and I just never that's tweet it. anything on the podcast <laughs> one. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll find an intern. Yes, or an unpaid. Like that. That's fine. Somebody in college who knows social media. We we could maybe I'll, maybe we'll pay you in beer. I'll reach out to my whitewater people. To, I'll I'll run you a tab at the Mad Boar or something. <laughs> Whatever works. I don't we think just you need something. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Now you're Dan. And we will talk to you next week. Go Bucks. Go Brewers. <laughs>